Hey everybody, welcome to Keep Talking Podcasts, fitness, health, and mindset series. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, fitness coach and nutrition nerd, and I love talking about this stuff, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy talking about it. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Mindset Monday, and I'm going to be talking about my three favorite mindset concepts, or at least the three that came into my head as I was thinking this episode up. So here we go. First one is finding physical solutions to mental problems. First off, what a, what a blessing it is, what a privilege it is to live in this world where most of us, the biggest problems that we face on a day-to-day basis are mental problems, right? What a, what a privilege it is. I mean, I've talked about this before on this podcast is that how most of us, especially those of you listening to this podcast, I shouldn't say all human beings throughout the world because there certainly is suffering, abject poverty, malnutrition and hunger, but those of you listening to this podcast probably have your physiological and your safety needs met on a day-to-day basis for the most part, which is when we get up higher into Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we go up into things like self-esteem needs and then fulfillment and whatever else is up there. Okay, what a privilege that is, first off. And so we go through, we suffer so much from all of these mental problems nowadays, right? These mental and emotional issues, okay? And ultimately, there's a physical solution to most of these problems almost all the time. I've talked about this before on this podcast. Why do I do the daily routine that I do every day where I get up, go outside, see the sunrise, even on the non-sunny days, even on the snowy cold days, I get outside, see the sunrise or whatever weather is out there, do my workout, do a short meditation. It's these physical practices that raise our energy levels regardless of how we wake up feeling, okay? Because most of the time, Probably like 50% of the days at least, I wake up either thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, life sucks. Oh, work is going to suck today. Oh, I'm mad because I got kind of heartbroken by that girl or whatever happened, right? Things aren't going that great when I wake up, but after I go through those physical processes in the morning, I'm always in a good mood. You will almost never find me in a bad mood at 8 a.m. You almost will never find me in a bad mood at 8 a.m. because in general, I wake up on average between five and six, the latest I'll ever wake up would be like 6.30 maybe or maybe seven on a weekend. But but the point is, is by 8 a.m. I've gone through my morning process and you will almost never find me in a bad mood at that time. Why? Because I've done the physical things that regardless of the other circumstances going on in my life have taken me out of my mental problems, okay? Let me explain this. Let me put this in a different way, okay? Uh, see, the, the physical physical problems always, always will trump mental problems. Physical problems will always be more of a big deal than mental problems, all right? This is why I advocate for, uh, you know, in this is why I actually advocate for people who live in Minnesota like me to go outside in the dead cold of winter when it's negative 30 degrees outside just for like a minute or two or three or whatever and feel the absolute brutal cold. If you're having a bad day, if you're kind of depressed, if you're kind of bored, whatever your negative quote unquote uh, you know, emotion is at the time, go outside in the brutal cold just for a couple minutes. And actually, it'll raise up your energy because you'll be like, oh my God, I got to get back inside in the house. Ooh, that was, that was so tough. It's the same thing with like a cold shower. If anybody's taken cold showers before here, you'll realize once you come out of it, it's like, ooh, 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 the burst of energy because you overcame something that was physically challenging. Also, when you're feeling that cold, that brutal cold, your mind is no longer now on the thing that's making you kind of sad, okay? What's one of the worst emotions that we can feel? An emotion that I've talked about commonly on this podcast is the emotion of heartbreak, all right? I don't know if that's an exact like emotion as psychologists would define it. Maybe they would call it sadness, whatever, okay? Heartbreak, okay. 
Let me let me talk about a few of the you know real negative emotions that we can feel and most of us will all feel at some point in our life. Okay, one of them is heartbreak and one of them is grief. True grief. Now, true grief is one that I can I can give a pass for sometimes with people. You know, if you've if you've lost a loved one, a, you know, a family member, whatever. You know, true grief is an emotion that I will give a, a pass for, right? Um, even to myself. Um, but you know, things like 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 heartbreak, for example, like if you've been broken up with in a relationship or something like that and and believe me i feel heartbreak hard anybody who knows me well knows that you know when i'm you know if i'm in a relationship and then the girl leaves me or whatever for you know if i'm trying to date some girl and she doesn't want to anymore like i feel heartbreak hard okay i got a big heart i fall in love quick i also feel heartbreak really really hard okay and i think you could even argue this is up for debate but you could even argue that men in general maybe feel heartbreak more than women do we just have we express it in different ways up for debate up for debate okay but all of us we all have probably felt heartbreak at some point in our lives we're probably going to feel it again we all feel heartbreak heartbreak is an emotion that sucks okay but yet again what a privilege it is to feel that because what what is heartbreak okay you go through like different waves of it you know you have different uh, it'll be like you know three four five six days on and on where you like have some moments where you're feeling good uh, you know or some moments you feel tail terrible you feel like you lost everything like life isn't fair oh she broke my heart he broke my heart whatever and then you'll kind of have some ups and downs but it's like you're in this thing where you're 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 feeling this emotion you know all the time all day whatever but think about this like what if you were exposed to excruciating physical pain during that time. What if you were exposed to the worst physical excruciating pain during one of those moments of heartbreak? You're not going to feel the heartbreak anymore, okay? You're not going to be worried about your emotional heartbreak, your mental problem that you have, okay? If someone's drilling a nail into your body, you're going to say, Jesus, get this nail out of my body, okay? You're going to have a lot of real physical pain. Physical pain, physical problems, physical pain will always trump the emotional problem, okay? If I'm heartbroken and I go outside in the negative 80-degree weather and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to die if I'm out here for more than two minutes, I'm not going to be worried about the heartbreak in that moment. So what a privilege it is as modern human beings to be able to have these mental and emotional issues on our minds so often. Because we're not suffering from, you know, from extreme cold, extreme heat, extreme hunger, et cetera, et cetera. I've talked about this before. I like to use fasting just as a tool to get over whatever mental and emotional issues that I have. Because once you get like, like I don't do these super crazy long fasts where it's like three days, you know, or whatever people do, but just like a 24 hour fast sometimes. If ever I've been in like a, like a low energy state or just feeling kind of depressed or whatever for a little while, I'll just be like, you know, what I'm going to do a 24 hour fast no food from 5 p.m. today till 5 p.m. tomorrow not much changes you know go to bed th- that night you know wake up in the morning I'm just like okay I'm not eating everything's going pretty normal blah 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 then by about 1 or 2 p.m. the next day once like you know 20 21 hours have, have passed it's all of a sudden it's like I have no room for depression anymore I am not depressed I'm not anxious anything like that I'm hungry okay I'm hungry it's a physical need all right I don't have any food I am hungry, all right? Same thing when you go out in the negative whatever degree weather. You are cold, okay? You are not depressed. You are not sad. You are not jealous. You are not all these other emotions that we go through as human beings and then complain about. You are cold, 
Okay, if you don't have food, you are hungry. If you don't have warmth or shelter, you are cold or maybe hot if you live out in the desert. All right, so physical solutions to mental problems because we realize that the, the physical is always more important than the mental anyway. Okay, and we can change our mental state simply by changing our physical state. This is all related to our body's hormones and and everything. Okay, we all know they talk about they call it the runner's high. Okay, we all know if you if you are someone who likes to run and you go run for 30, 40 minutes, all of a sudden you're going to snap out of that depressive state and get the you know the endorphins and whatever else they call it okay same thing when we do physical exercise same thing when we go outside and expose ourselves to cold sun whatever okay we change our physical state to change our mental state this works it's based on science okay second concept that i really like is which one was i going to put second there's going to be three yeah second concept second mindset com- mindset concept that i love is extreme ownership okay extreme ownership um and I've talked about it before on here. It's made famous by, well, yeah, I would say made famous by Jocko Willink, the former U.S. Navy SEAL, who's now like a famous influencer guy. Okay, Extreme ownership says basically you take responsibility for everything, everything that has ever happened in your life. And, you know, ultimately you celebrate the victories too and take responsibility for those things. But all of the, all of the negative things that have happened, all of the problems in your life, all of the negative consequences, you take responsibility for everything. I take responsibility for everything everything. Now, I've mentioned before that this can be a gray area in certain areas of life. I particularly talked about it in the area of like dating and relationships where I think that sometimes it's best just to say, you know what, I'm not going to take the blame for everything because maybe it just wasn't meant to work out. But I'm going to leave that I'm going to leave that aside. Okay, I'm going to leave that aside for now and say that for the most part this concept of extreme ownership is super valuable in almost all areas of life. I mean, it's certainly valuable in our jobs, in our professional lives, okay? We take ownership for whether or not we're doing well, for whether or not our company's doing well, for whether or not we get a promotion or don't get a promotion. See, another key part of extreme ownership is, you know, as a leader, and and, and just because you're not necessarily like the manager or the coach or whatever, you can still be a leader. As a leader, if the team is not doing well, it's my fault. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, you might say, oh, well, it was that person's you know, direct issue. They dropped the ball. They messed this up. Okay, well, what did I do wrong? I could have trained that person better. I could have helped that person when they needed it. I could have you know, boosted morale by just being a better teammate in general. It's always my fault. You get the point? It's always my fault. Everything is my fault. This is a super powerful concept. Why? Because even if you take it to the extreme and you use it in areas that you shouldn't necessarily use it in, like if you, t- if you take responsibility for literally everything in your life, every problem, you say, you know what, this is my fault. Even if it's totally society's fault or totally someone else's fault or your parents' fault or whatever, if you take responsibility for it, it gives you the chance to change, okay? It creates a growth mindset. Extreme ownership leads to a growth mindset. What is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset? A growth mindset basically says, I can adapt and I can change. I can become better. What am I doing now that I could improve upon? I can do better. I can learn, okay? I'm sure Carol Dweck, like the author of the Growth Mindset book, would be like, ooh, I don't know if that was the best definition. I'm sorry, Ms. Dweck. I'm sorry. I I tried. But growth mindset, okay? Extreme ownership leads to a growth mindset, and that's why I like to take extreme ownership even in an area where most people would say it's not necessarily a good idea. I made a podcast episode, I think it aired recently, saying if you get cheated on, it's your fault. I think it just... Did it just air or is it just about to air? Well, spoiler alert if it hasn't yet. But anyway, if you get cheated on, it's your fault. Extreme ownership, okay? Now, this is a tricky one because then it's going to trigger a lot of people too. 
But I like to use this, okay, because I was cheated on two and a half years ago. And, you know, obviously it hurts in the moment. Obviously it's hard to see these things in the moment. But when once enough time passes and you get a chance to really look at yourself objectively and say, hmm, okay, all right, yeah, from an objective perspective, I, I don't support what she did. I disagree with what she did, but it was my fault, okay? I could have done this differently. I should have adapted a little bit more to make her happier in this aspect of the relationship. I should have done this and this and this, okay? It's always my fault. Because if I take extreme ownership for that, then I can look and say, all right, I did that wrong. Now I'm gonna change that in the future. Extreme ownership leads to growth. It leads to change, okay? It's always our fault, all right? And then the third big concept, and I saved this one for last because this is probably the most important one, at least for me at this stage of my life, okay? And that is that our word to ourselves, your word to yourself, my word to myself is the most important thing in life. It's the most important thing in life, okay? And I know some of you out there are going to be like, no, breathing is the most important thing in life, or water is, or your, your heart is. What? All right, shut up. All right, you get what I'm saying, all right? It's the most important mindset thing in life, okay, is keeping your word to yourself, okay? We live in a society where almost none of us are keeping our word to ourselves all the time. We're making promises to ourselves and then by extension to other people that we're not keeping. <laughs> making promises that we can't keep. And what happens when we make promises that we can't keep? Well, then other people start to lose trust in us. And even more important, we start to lose trust in ourselves. And when we lose trust in ourselves, we lose trust in others. We lose trust in the entire world, okay? So we have to keep our word to ourselves. And that's why one of the key things with this podcast and the fitness content that I put out on my personal Instagram is this is every day, okay? These are daily commitments. First, it was a one-year commitment. Then it became a two-year commitment. Now it's become a five-year commitment. We have a podcast episode every day. I post a workout to Instagram every day, okay? Every day. These are commitments, okay? And the only thing that's going to stop me is if I die or if I'm put in a coma or if something goes totally wrong with the internet that it just doesn't allow me to put it up. I don't know. You know, I can't. These these are little things that are out of my control, but you get the point. Like it's <laughs> everything under my control. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, okay? And we have to keep our word to ourselves because, like I said, if we don't keep our word to ourselves, then we just lose confidence. Then, then everything falls apart, okay? Confidence, trust is the base of any relationship between two people. Think about this, okay? If you don't have trust with that partner, that person you're with, you don't have anything. Once you lose trust, it's all over, okay? And the most important relationship you have in life, what is it? It's your relationship with yourself, okay? With yourself. And if you don't trust yourself, and you can't trust anybody else. You can't trust anybody else. Well, where are you going to go in this life if you can't trust yourself? How do you learn to trust yourself? You make some commitments. You say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do, whether it's an everyday commitment or an every week commitment or an every month commitment or any, any commitment, okay? Any commitment that you make, do it. If it's a true commitment, actually stick to it and stick to your word. Now, people ask me about this a lot. How do you stay so disciplined? How do you stick with your commitments because I'm not stupid and I didn't make commitments that I can't stick with, okay? Because a lot this is, you know, I probably mistake, made this mistake for the first 30 years of my life, right? Where I'm, you know, committing to things that I just wasn't actually going to be able to do sustainably long-term. People do this all the time. I see this all the time, particularly as a fitness trainer. You know, people are always committing to things that they can stick with for two weeks or even a month or two months or whatever, and then it's just like, it all hits the fan, right? When we make commitments, we have to commit to things that we know we can actually stick to, okay? Similar enough to goal setting, where a goal needs to be challenged challenging but attainable. A commitment needs to be something, you know, it's going to be good for you. It probably is going to get you out of your comfort zone in a certain area, okay? So it should be slightly challenging, but it needs to be doable, 
Okay, because if you start committing to things and then not hitting on it, if you start failing on it, then it's a slippery slope. Then all of a sudden you said, oh, well, okay, I didn't stick with my commitment today. Maybe I'll just go ahead and slip tomorrow too. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, that other thing in life is not that important. That other commitment that I made maybe to this person is not that important. You've lost everything. You're back to zero. Okay. You can get on a path where you start making some commitments to yourself and to other people to better yourself in certain areas. But once you start, you know, once you allow yourself to miss your commitments to yourself, then it's just a slippery slope and it quickly all falls apart and you end up right back where you started. Okay. All right. There you go. Those, in my opinion, are the three most important mindset, mindset concepts that I like. Okay? First one is to find physical solutions to mental problems. Second one is extreme ownership. And the third one is that sticking to your word is the most important thing in life. All right? All right. Talk again soon. Love you all. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable for daily workouts, fitness tips, nutrition advice, mindset advice. You can follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore Tumelson. That's S-E-A-N underscore T-U-M-I-L-S-O-N. For more information about Keep Talking, you can follow Keep Talking on Instagram. That is K-E-E-P-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-C-O. 